Well, hello there, folks. I'm broadcasting from Springwood, Queensland, Australia. And um, for those people who uh, live in the desert, I just want to let you know that uh, you've got to see rain here in Queensland for, since, I don't know, December. It's been a long time. But um, so I've taken a photo and uh, put that in the background just to let people know what it's like <coughs> to be in the rain in the so-called yeah. tropics. Anyway, um, enough of that. So my co-host, as you know, it's just gone past nine o'clock in the UK and tonight and today um, she's going to introduce a wonderful lady from Queensland, Australia. So I'll take it away, Andrea. Hi, good morning, everybody. Good day, good evening, wherever you are in the world. And if you're listening to the re replay, welcome. Um, today, this evening and today, wherever you are in the world, um, Janet is our guest and Jeff saw Janet, um, I think it was a couple of months ago now, working with her horses. And um, anyway, so here we are now, fast tracking for moving forward. Um, Janet's got so much to share to do with your health, your emotions, body talk, um, about her beautiful horse, Pedro, that she actually rode when she got married, all in white. She's got so much to share and she's in the dark there because they've had a massive storm and she's working on battery power. <laughs> so stay with us and stay with Janet. And anyway, welcome, Janet. It's, it's lovely to have you on the show. And um, where would you like to start? I mean, you've got so many wonderful stories. Thank you. And thank you for having me, everybody. So um, I... Not sure where to start, but pretty well, I was born and bred in this area. And then I became, went into the corporate world, uh, you know, as you do in your 20s, and became um, quite successful in real estate, having about 40 salespeople buying a building, doing really, really well, bought a lot of properties. But then I had breast cancer um, at the age of 33. So I ignored that and kept working. And then I had breast cancer again at the age of 38. And I had a daughter around the same age, but that was like a fast track to spirituality. So the girl who just said, like, don't talk to me about anything but sales and, you know, business and seven days a week working, um, I became, something changed in me and I felt the toxicity of the city because I lived in the middle of the city in Brisbane and um, I felt the toxicity and something inside of me needed me to get out of that area. I had a big, beautiful house, I had lots of very, everything was going well but something inside had to get me out. So I looked for a year actually to look for a property and have a tree change on the North Coast, which is where I was born around Noosa. And um, then this property come up and I bought it in less than 10 minutes, 43 acres on top of Karoi Mountain, which is just a beautiful, beautiful area. I was born and bred in Mundy, uh, went to Mundy school, <laughs> never thought I'd ever come back. And I bought it for nearly a couple of million dollars and I did not even know what I bought. That was 18 years ago. So when I came back, I had breast cancer the second time and a brand new little daughter. And um, the horses kept coming. So everyone gave me horses, about 12 horses all up in a short period. I was never in And they just came in. And then because I trained sales and sister, I write set systems, etc., I downloaded somehow this little book downloaded and I wrote the book and I started training all the real estate agencies in Queensland and New Zealand and, and America. And um, that's where that came from. But the horses was the one, the black belt in sales. That downloaded and I started doing it at my property. 
And it taught me more than anything. Horses have been the most amazing teacher for me in sales, in life, in business, in personal, everything. So I've always taught to body energy language, but to work with a horse, and when I was never a horse person at 40 years of age, was incredible. So they came in and um, that journey has been amazing. So then I got married on one. I put out that I needed a big white horse to go up my hill and um, the big white horse took me up. He died one week later in my hands. Now this horse was Andalusian Supreme winner of 2004 for Australia and 2006. I wasn't into all that sort of thing, but somehow he ended up 17 hands horse, hands high. <laughs> and went, there he is. So when Pedro died in my hands one week later, he was started by Bonnie Roberts, who's a famous horse whisperer now, the, the original horse whisperer in America. Uh, and he taught big businesses how to sell through the horses. So all the big businesses would take their, their, their teams to uh, him and he would teach that. That's his legacy. Uh, this horse was started by Monty five, uh, in front of 5,000 people, Pedro. Like, I didn't even know any of this. I just had, there was a horse in Yamundi. I went down and bought it. And, um, and then a week later, I went, left the honeymoon short and then went to see Monty Roberts. He was over from America in Toowoomba. And I came back home on the Sunday afternoon and I was working Pedro in the round yard and he died in my hands. That horse died in my hands. So then when we had him buried up the top of the hill, I mean, it was just, I've never lost an animal. Like that was just incredible. That, that was such a spiritual thing. I picked a rock out of my garden. The next morning we buried him up at the top of the hill, right at the top of my property, which is one of the highest prop, um, places at the top of the hill. And on the rock, when the boys came down and got me and I went up to, to say goodbye, on the rock appeared that picture. So that picture you just saw appeared a picture, that same picture, exactly that same picture. So clear, you could see the hoofs, you could see the reins, you can see the bridle, um, you know, the, the, um, the headpiece going over the bottom, everything, and a cross and a dove on that rock. I wish I actually sent you that photo because it's just incredible, but I might put it in the The of them were like a gift as far as um, uh, like coming home. So, yeah, that was pretty special. So then the, uh, my daughter was born and she's been an amazing horsewoman and she did distance education so she could do endurance, which is racing, you know, 100 kilometres <laughs> at the age of 11. She was all over the country and she was racing 100 kilometres and coming in at 2 in the morning and, you know, all on her own. So they've been beautiful. But if you, I think if anyone wants to know more about themselves or life or communication, work with a horse. Because if I have like, I was saying before, if you have like a 28-year-old male in, in real, I just treat a lot of real estate salespeople, in real estate sales, and I put a 28-year-old male, which maybe have a bit of a testosterone in with a high-energy horse, uh, both of them will hit the rails and know who will end up you know, second best. <laughs> so have a look at his own energy and learn to drop that energy down. So a lot of salespeople and a lot of people deal with people who are like them. So if someone talks fast, they like people who talk fast. You know what I mean? So yeah. if someone yeah. talks slow, I talk fast. If someone talks slow, I will slow, I've learned to slow down my talk. So it's like we're mirroring the language of the other person. So with all of the horses, they're different personalities, the same as all the people are different personalities. So my job is to put them together, the same personalities, so they can learn 
to work their energy in different ways. So they're not just getting on with the people who are the same energy as them. They're getting on and either whether it's in personal life or in sales, they can sell to everybody. So in my sales teams, I would have people, they would only sell to the people who were like them. So the rest, they thought they weren't buyers, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's a, it's, and that for communication opens you up to a whole new journey of getting on with everybody, which isn't it beautiful when every single person you can relate to and they can relate to you because you're working together. So when I started riding, the horse that came into my life was Arnie. Now he was accidentally my horse because he came with the horse I thought I was going to ride, which was a safe horse. He was a rig. A rig is a stallion. Can you hear me still? Because it's going funny here. Yes, it's go, I'm getting lots of... Well, a rig is very dangerous. So a rig, if you have a rig, you can't do like light horse. You can't do a lot of things because they're a dangerous horse. I wasn't a rider and I had this rig. So I went in the bush and I rode him really fast because, you know, I came straight from the corporate world and that's what you did. I did that. We did that for a few years. And then after, after 17 years, <laughs> we were doing light horse, so leading Nanzac Day parades. Um, and we both came down in our energy, which was beautiful. So wow. he was my life's lesson and my soulmate, you know, for uh, my journey around discovering who I am and also for him as well. So we became one out of two. So when we, we got on each other to ride together, we would become one energy. And that's what mm -hmm. it's like in, with body, whether it's business or personal. You become one with the other person because we're all connected. So it's um yeah it's so it's a style that i've learned to teach which is talk body energy language and it encompasses everything but walking with the horses uh, the horses tell the whole story there's little uh, there's arnie he's beautiful i rode that horse for 17 years we went very fast for a lot of years i never came off that horse um and i still have my 303 and my bayonet <laughs> um and but for us both of us to do a slow walk and lead a whole anzac parade for the last five six years we've done that and then he died last year um that was just magnificent to even think we could do that you know what i mean because we had to become one to do that when you've got six thousand people or more clapping as you go past and i've got a horse that's free <laughs> mm -hmm. um it's like how you feel is how other people feel so how i felt is how my horse felt so if i would relax my horse would relax and if we went in sales and in personal life um the horses teach us how you feel is how they feel. So each horse would change its personality depending on who I put in the round yard with them. So he would change his personality depending on who came in to see him. So it was, it's been an amazing journey. It's been an incredible yeah. journey. Um, yeah. Have you got any questions? No, that sounds amazing because, <clears throat> excuse me, I, um, I've not really interacted with horses at all. Um, but I am staying on a farm at the moment and she's got two beautiful horses and a, a small uh, rescue pony. And um, and I do go by them and see them and say hello and put my hand there and let them have a little sniff. But I think because they're such big creatures, unless you actually have the chance to work more and get used to them, they're they're like really, wow, like such a strong energy, aren't they? Yes. Strong presence. Yes. But, but you can never, ever relax with them. They are an animal and they're a fight or flight beast. So they are very dangerous. Mm. So even the calm horse can kick you, bite you, do something out of fear because they're a fight or flight animal. So that fear is what becomes then dangerous. So if they get fearful, 
they'll run you straight over to get away. You know, so um, I have people who are the strongest people in business and they'll be in my team and they'll be so scared to go in the round yard with the horse. And, and I can tell you a lot of the time there will be tears. So in a group of people, of say 12, 15 people I do at once, there will be someone crying. And that person is probably one of the strongest people in the business in their team, but they'll be crying because they're so scared to go in. Now, that fear that they have inside them is um, not only for the horses. That fear they're living with inside them is something that they can cure, which if they can cure it through the horses, then it will cure and filter and it like a ripple effect, you know, through their life to give them more confidence. Um, mm. the, the horse side of it, the talk body energy side of it, uh, combined with the, the talk side of it, which is the scripts. So if you have scripts in what you're doing, uh, even write scripts if you're having problems with your husband or, you know, kids or whatever, write what works instead of trying to make it up as you go. Um, because that, when you have scripts and you have like the right words that are coming out of your mouth and you know what you're saying, you can then get into the other person's reality. Because if you are making it up as you go, you can't get into the other person's reality because you're too busy thinking about what you're going to say, what you're going to do, you know, how you're going to act, uh, instead of getting into their reality and feeling how they feel and um, hearing what they say. So uh, can I just ask, have you, got a, have you got your mobile phone on by you? Uh, I have, yes. Because that could be picking up, causing the interference with the signals. Oh, okay. I shall just turn it off, eh? <laughs> Worth a try. Yeah, I'll just... Uh, yeah, it is a very bad storm. We had... Um, yeah, we've got all the powers out still. Yeah, well, I appreciate you doing by battery. Oh, she might have just turned the mobile phone off. She might be doing... Um, oh, right. she, might, <laughs> she might be using a mobile phone as a um, hotspot. Right. I think she might have been doing it as a hotspot. But there was an interference coming through there. I've been playing around the audio, so it's, um, it's definitely coming from Janet's side, I think, yeah. Right. So, um, right, so we need to send her a message a minute just to say, um, right. <laughs> switch mobile back on. Yeah, because um, normally I turn everything off, airport mode. Um, right, here we got the frogs in the background. Oh, hang on a sec, I'll just turn. Where am I? No, she's just lobbed off. Um, <clears throat> hang on a sec. All right, so obviously I've got to mute myself. Hey, um, like I've got heaps of bloody footage of... Um, some of the old horses. Yeah, I've got some really... Oh, it was an amazing scene to be perfectly honest. I just... Um, I didn't realise she was using it as a rock spot. <laughs> oh, well, a Pardon me? I said it's all a learning curve. Um, yes, she comes. <laughs> oh, there we are. <laughs> I think this storm is just, it's just playing havoc with everything. Did you have some video? You know, did, yeah, I've got everything there. So, um, just wait before I jump on that, were you using your phone as a hot spot? Were you? Yes, I was. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> but what you actually had was you had your um, you must have had the Facebook going as, as well because it was creating um, 
Okay. Yep. And All right. Interference there on the your signal was pretty hard to hear, and I was playing around there behind the scenes, oh, just good. playing with compressions <laughs> and all that stuff, but it wasn't coming out. But anyway, so um, now we're better now. Yeah. So whatever oh, you've done, just got to fix it up. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you um, want me to tell you about the horses you're going to see in the video? Hang on a sec. The video I've got is just the big red one. Yes, that big red one is never been touched by humans. So that was probably, yeah, that's probably, I've only worked that horse probably about four or five times before you took that footage, Jeff. Um, and uh, we still, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. So that, that horse, I bought three new horses, and two, uh, two of them have never been touched by humans. So this boy, we cannot catch. We cannot put him Yeah, he's good. The energy that he displays um, when you're working with him is so like. working with a horse straight out from the wild like that and for no no whips you can see i'm just using my hands that's very rare a lot of my 12 horses there was only one i didn't have to use the long whip which is an extension of your arm as the tool to get them to understand the communication that you're wanting them to do so he will he will work off my hand and he's only brand new because his his um senses from being out in the wild are so strong so any little movement i make uh he will react to but he doesn't actually have anything bad. He's not kicked out at me, which a lot of them kick out at you. Um, and they also go to rear up at you as well. Like he isn't doing any of that. So he's so beautiful. We should be on him, I think, within the month. Uh, because we know now from working him like this that he's not got any callus in him. But you can see how nervous he is and his energy mm -hmm. is so high. So this is called a um, – Monty Roberts does this sort of thing as a join-up. And you, you turn them, see I'm turning him, I'm getting him to trot. I'll make him, get him to canter by lifting my energy, I get him to canter. And then I'll bring him back by dropping my from him. And I drop all my energy, put my head down, uh, he will stop. And then he will walk towards and into me. So all the horses will do this if you know what you're doing. And it also shows good leadership because people do this naturally every day of their life with people work with their bodies and people don't necessarily understand body and energy language even do it because they've got gut instincts and intuition that tells them how to work with people so for this sort of thing we're using our body languages eyes shoulders and hips and my eyes shoulders and hips are pushing like a tube of toothpaste up his rear so you'll see my shoulders are pushing up behind him 
um, and I'm using my arms as an extension to guide him along as well. If my shoulders go in front of his shoulders, he will turn. And that's how I get him to turn, by the way. So, um, so it's all being aware of your own body and then getting him to turn. So he's running and out of control. So for me to get him to turn, like <laughs> you have to be stronger than them in the mind. And that for some people is pretty scary. Um, and, you know, you sort of have to confront them a little bit to get them to listen to you sometimes. But at the end of the day, you're working as a team together to communicate together. You, there's not one boss, you know, that sort of thing. It's just working as a team to work together in your communication style. Uh, have you got any questions on that one? Yeah. yeah, so did you say you've got him from the wild? Yes, he's from out the back of Longreach, which is out west here. Two hours west of Longreach, and he came to my place in the last couple of months. Uh, he came off a big trough because, um, and if you look at your Monday Mountain Retreat at my Facebook page and you scroll down a bit, you'll see when he arrived, there's an open truck, and I got three horses, and he, two of them were never being touched by humans. So he is just amazing to work for. I work with a lot of horses, but this one is, has to be my favourite because he is such a, a virginal horse as far as being in our environment. He's just been roaming free with about 500 other horses. So he's had to make his way. He's also not high in the pecking order. So they will always have a pecking order. Doesn't matter right. how many horses, even if it's two, there's a pecking order. One's a boss, one's not. And they will go down in the pecking order every 20 minutes. They have to ascertain who is in the what pecking order, who's the boss, who's second, who's third. So every 20 minutes in a while, even in my, even in a, in a, um, they will ascertain who is the boss. So they're always fighting to ascertain who is the boss. You know, just like life in our human world. <laughs> so um, so it's a constant struggle for them. He is not one to go and be confrontational in my paddock with the other horses. So I know that he is not going to have all this ego-driven thing like, you know, <laughs> some people or some horses. So it's not going to be dangerous. That's what I feel about, about this boy here. Whereas my horse, it was drawn here i don't know if you have that one where the horse is rearing up on top of me which is a beautiful photo um uh that 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 horse is um you know she's very spirited girl she's a highly strong girl we've had her all her life probably 14 years but she she will always rear up at you because she's got a bit of attitude <laughs> same as personality you know i have friends like that too you know so it's it's just really looking at the horse world and the personalities of the horses at will and combining them with people um and and then using that as a tool for for me it's been about the corporate world and bring them in i've got that there you go there's there's phoenix she was born on my property um and that's one that's during one of my workshops as well so that's putting pressure on because we use pressure on pressure off that's putting pressure on to get her to um go up like that I mean, she don't want to go up. She's like ears back. <laughs> but then when she comes down, it's like giving her direction again. So, so, so they know what direction they're going in. And sometimes they aren't up, you know, in the beginning until they come down and they start working with you. Right, we got we got the frogs taken over now. Have yeah, we? they're, they're yeah. not. I haven't got frogs here. Have you got frogs there? Jeff asked. Oh, <laughs> they don't sound like any. <laughs> Uh, that has to be good luck. Oh, I have to. Okay, I'll just mute myself. Okay. Uh, so with the corporate world, and I found doing utilising it for the corporate world, they would come in and then they would think they're doing um, a corporate training session 
at the end of the day, they left learning more about themselves. And it was more of a spiritual growth session for them, mm. which I love because I've been yeah. in the a lot of years, you yeah. know, and I had to find my spiritual journey. With my property here, I was born and bred in Mundi. I'm sixth generation Noosa Shire, which is where I bought and lived 18 years ago. I came back here. Um, so sixth generation Noosa Shire, and I'll come home. I didn't never mean to come home. But the universe sent me back here and I am the happiest person in the world. I'm back where I belong. I look at all the mountains from up here where all my ancestors were born, right through all the generations. Um, and the horses are there and building cabins for my family. Because in this climate with um, with all of what's happening in the world, I want places for my family to come. So I'm building eight cabins here and a studio to do yoga and more horse workshops and that sort of thing. So I'm creating an environment. I've got a big garden, a huge big organic garden. My daughter, who's 20 years a farmer, an organic farmer. So for me, it's been a life journey about finding, number one, who I am and getting back to my grassroots, um, which in the corporate world, you know, you put on your shop front and you wear all the makeup. And, I mean, that's all I lived in. I wouldn't go out without stockings, you know. That's <laughs> shoes and a suit on. For me to come on your radio show in a singlet, like I, you know, it's just real. So it's getting back to who is the real, who is the real Janet, who is the real Jan, who is the real Andrina, you know what I mean? And who are we really? We are from the animals. We do have animal instincts. We have all our intuition. We're losing our intuition because we go to, people go to McDonald's, they go to takeaways, get food. We don't have to hunt for it. You know what we do here? We have bow and arrows, slingshots, you know, guns. We practice, you know, just life skills to help us live if ever we need to in the future as well. So, um, yeah, these day and age, a lot of people are losing their intuition and with all the technology and that our kids are growing up with it like that. My first boys went to a big private school at 35 and 33, centre of Brisbane. You know that life, a lot of kids do that. My daughter went to Lillian Monday Country School and then did distance education. So, so having those different worlds and watching them within my own children is really interesting because that environment that we put our kids into is um, how they will grow up. So mm. it's really, really interesting to do that. Lily grew up with no teeth and this property with all the horses. So you can imagine in this day and age with no TV, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, how that really works for um, mm. kids these days. So it's a real eye and I think a lot of people are coming to that too. I mean, I know where around where I live, there's a lot of big properties and big houses. But people want this. They want the garden. You know, they mm. want the food that they're growing. I even got a few chooks the other day. My car broke down, so um, there was a chook running around, going to get hit. We brought it home. It gives me one egg a day. How amazing is that? At the universe, and this chook gives me a gift of one egg a day. <laughs> I don't even eat eggs, but I give them away. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so appreciation, horses, life, you know, family is mm. sort of where I'm at. Yeah, Amazing. So uh, can we backtrack? Because I know with your cancer journey, you talked about reflexology. And I mean, one of, you know, yes. of all the different techniques, I love reflexology. Um, yes. And it's yeah, just okay. like, you know, like your hand represents your body, your yes. ear, you yes. know, there's so many aspects. So I know you yes. said you or you i read that yeah. you had a warning sign which you you ignored yes. you didn't realize so can you yeah. share a little bit about that what happened i've actually had breast cancer three times uh 33 38 and then 49 and um as breast cancer not in my family so it's definitely environmental right um and 
I had a double mastectomy for my 50th birthday and I got new nipples after that. So I'll tell you, my nipples are made out of my crutch, which um, I love to share that information because I only know one other girl that, are, that I know that has that situation. It is so exciting to be unique, you know what I mean? So for someone who's been healthy, eaten healthy, always exercise, live life to its fullest, none of my very large family, no one has cancer really. My dad had prostate cancer. At the same time, I had uh, breast cancer when I was 38. They gave him two months to live. And he is 80 now. And that was when I was 38. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm 57 now. So he cured it, even though the doctors gave him two months to live. So we went through a beautiful journey. He was a railways bloke for 47 years. You know, he was never open to anything like this and neither really was I. So we went through this little journey together when I was my new little daughter. And uh, and and I did a little, I had, uh, when a second time I had radiation, I didn't want to have radiation, but I only had radiation because my mum thought I was going to die if I didn't have it. So I journeyed around that and decided that whether I have it or not, it's not going to change anything. My life's, you know, span nothing. So I had that. But what it did do is every day I'd walk into that hospital for five weeks and then I'd, walk, I'd have to hobble out on my right foot. My right foot on the ball, the ball part hurt like really crazy. So I'd have to hobble out, walk in, hobble out for five weeks. And then it wasn't until I came up here and lived here um, that I went to uh, have a massage on my feet at the Monday markets and they said that's your breast area. So that my, my foot was damaged by radiation from the breast area from the radiation and now today when i ride a horse my foot in the stirrup my right foot hurts if i drive when i drive a car my right foot hurts still today and that was when i was 37 that radiation is still harming my body Mm. so um you know i I didn't feel right about having it myself and i would never have chemotherapy chemotherapy was invented by hitler uh the water i drink here is um, from the boar it's pure water i cannot drink any other water so i put a boar and it's all the mountain water it's i have it tested it's perfect but reflexology is something that dad and i did together so we would be together all the time and we would do each other's good he was in hospital dying everyone came to see him we didn't think he'd come out i said to mum get on that foot this sounds really weird but this is exactly what happened we got on the feet i said do this we were there for an hour and a half on his feet you know what an hour later, he got out of bed and come home. Ah. So we I saw firsthand how that happened. Now, what happened over the next few years when I got into the reflexology, all my um, uncles and their dirty old feet and everybody, I just had to do everyone's feet. <laughs> <laughs> thing, what's wrong with their body or their feet. So I worked out that you could just feel their body and as long as you knew what parts were what in the foot, that you could work out what's wrong with their body. And it was always true. If someone had a broken back when they were born, that broken back is still in their foot. So it's like um, absolutely incredible uh, what happens there. And then I found that I was really drawn to people who are sick. I then didn't want to do everyone's feet. But if someone's no. sick, it's like I have to do their feet. It's like something in like I'm not one to touch people's feet, yeah. But that's what happens. It's like I, I can feel something and i'm drawn to them like my painter he's just a, an old painter right he painted my house and they got throat cancer and then i said come on i'll give you a beer <laughs> really i wanted to do his feet because i wanted to have a look at his throat and his feet. <laughs> so i had him there drinking his beer doing his feet <laughs> so um there's been a big journey around that and yes i believe 
that I would rather have a foot massage than a body massage. I believe that that mm. is way more effective. So that mm. and so uh, acupuncture have been my two things that I do for health. And the other thing is lymph, um, lymphocytizing of the little round trampoline. So oh, you yeah. bounce the trampoline and breathe out. So breathe out like every time you bounce. Don't breathe in and breathe out for 10 and then in for 5. And then over time you'll breathe out for 30 and in for 5. That cleanses your blood, cleanses your lymph, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's oh, that's a bit really of a health yeah. thing as well. So, mm, that's worth knowing because I got a little trampoline here, so I'll take that on board. So, uh, hey, um, there's still a bit of um, an echo coming through on Jenna's side, so there must be another device there that's in your room there that's creating that echo. There's nothing in here, yeah. Well, uh, don't switch off. <laughs> we're on solar in this room because I haven't got power on, I think the whole area is all out. So yeah, we are on. I've been playing around with the audio just to see what's trying to cancel it and all that stuff. But it... so are, are any of our listeners um, hearing having all sorts of problems? Can you hear us loud and clear? But you're coming loud and clear, and oh, I can hear myself yeah. loud and clear. It's just um, Janet's um, yeah, Frogs. So I'm going to turn myself off again. Yeah, I can hear what Janet's saying. So um, you can. You can? Oh, okay, that's right. Then. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, okay, that's, that's good. Yeah, well, I hope so, it will help. I hope I've been able to enlighten yeah. the Yeah, so if anybody's got any questions you want to ask Janet, please put them in and um and we'll take it from there. Um yeah, so like reflexology is I just love it because oh there we are, it's all clear in New Zealand. Excellent mark. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I love reflexology. That's one of the things that um, is really relaxing. But I know people can say, oh, you've got something going on with your eye or you've got this going on. And and I know, yeah. like yourself, you can sit there massaging your foot, which is, you know, your people yeah. sat watching the telly or what have you. Yeah, yeah I do and, that all the time. Yeah, and there is a foot chart. I mean, I think I saw it on on one of your pages um a reflexology foot chart and you know yes. people only got to look at that chart and think right there's something going on with my lungs find the point and work on it yeah. doesn't cost you anything does it you know no and no, it's, not at all. And it's yes. doing things as naturally as easily as possible yes and i grew up with my father massaging my mother's foot every single night when they watch the news at night time you know dad's been working he would come home and massage my mother's foot every night they didn't know what they were doing but my mum's health has always been amazing you know and her energy level has been incredible so if you got a partner yeah train them up <laughs> <laughs> and i think it's good if you've got children as well if you lay them down and just gently you know what a gift yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. right so yeah. how many horses have you got now uh, I've got six horses at the moment, and um, yeah, so we're some, like some are riding horses, or some are just working horses for the workshops as well. But um, if you want other stories, like either for the cancer or the horses or sales, I've written a few stories on uh, my website, Prime Sign of Selling, and I've written a lot of books on sales as well, which encompass like the talk body energy language plus the scripts and that sort of thing so uh but if you've got any questions yeah that'd be i'd love to hear from you 
and yeah. um, Yamandi Mountain Retreat is my property, and I welcome everybody. So people come here all the time, as Jeff did. <laughs> it's just a natural part of the day having people turn up, um, and it's yeah, a beautiful place to hang out and that sort of thing. Yeah, because I, I mean, I, I've been to Mundi and I've been to the markets, and you know, because I was yeah. in Australia for ten years, and uh, so I've been back. I was guided to be back strongly just before um, lockdown. So, um, yeah. so yeah, and it feels so right to be here, um, back in the UK with family, and you know, I know this is where I'm meant to be at this moment in time. So, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, I know like the mountains and the streams and the rivers and the waterfalls over there are all, all stunning. You know, I do miss that sight and the sunshine. Mm. I miss the They're sunshine. Very the moment. All the, the rivers, my dam is now a lake. Everything's so full. The waterfalls are running everywhere. It's, uh, yeah, it's a good time to visit Queensland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fabulous. So with your um, body talk, because I know there's lots of different body talks, um... Did you, when did you come bringing into body talk and energy work? Into um, when, um, when I was 18, I didn't really want to be a model. That was just not on my agenda. I was quite shy. But my mum put me in a competition, which was a Miss Boat Show. <laughs> and um, so I won that, which gave me a model course when I was about 17. And I tell you, when you walk down a catwalk, and I was not aware of this. It's just all subconscious learning. So a lot of people who are successful or not work on their subconscious, not conscious. So for um, when you walk down a catwalk, you walk straight ahead. When you turn to the right, you capture that audience. You put your back to the back audience. So I guess six years of modeling, and I did pretty well every day for six years, um, that taught me to use my body. And also it taught me dress sense and appearance and that sort of thing. Like you wouldn't know it today. <laughs> but, yeah, work it no one. That's where that came from. So I sold my, learned to sell myself, I guess, in modelling, which was great. And then I went into insurance. Now, insurance, I was only in four years. But I went into that uh, because uh, someone said, come and have a look at this company. And they were all women. They were quite dynamic women. And it was a rah-rah company, so I thought, that looks interesting. So I went from modelling to insurance, and then I was number one in Australia, okay, for the AMP um, general agency I was with, which was all around Australia. So that was great, but it wasn't really, you were selling something that you couldn't see, people didn't want to talk about, but I did a sale a day every single day. So that's where I learned the system. The system, the, the talk language, or the turn the page and that's what you say, that's the question you ask, that's the story you give on that same page. So in the display with, um, say, selling a property off the plan, if you're in a display, every step, there's a question, there's a story to tell, there's a fiction to the benefits, and there's the qualifying questions, all in that step. And then you take another step, you know what I mean? So it's um, so the insurance sales taught me the system, and then I went into real estate, which is really what I love, because my dad bought a lot of properties. Mum never worked, dad was in the railways, but he bought a lot of properties. So we grew up subconsciously, we seen but he's really good. And then I ended up in property in 94. In 95, I bought a building in Kuang and, and got 40 salespeople and wrote a sales system, but I wouldn't hire anyone for real estate <laughs> because they knew more than me. So I had all the insurance systems, and that's what I trained. And I've trained that since day one of my real estate days in 1994. So since 94, I've been training real estate, mostly my own through those days. 
and riding all those systems. Uh, and then uh, I ventured out into training everybody. And of course, when I bought this property, I ventured into training everybody. I became the president of the New Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I was in the Rotary as well, and I was a white woman. Um, but I also ran lunches here down in Noosa at the River in one of the expensive restaurants in the commercial and corporate room. And I'd get 100 people every single month to the lunches. And then I'd have a fashion parade, a guest speaker, a sales talk. Um, and then they'd have networking and they could come to the display table around the room by way of the space. So it was a very jam-packed two hours. But in that two hours, every single month, I'd sell all my workshops <laughs> and fill them all up for the next month. So it's, you know, it's like not just one thing working. It's about in life. And again, this is not all business. It's about everything joining together and we're all interconnected and, and not making sure you miss any of those bits that is connecting to the next bit in life. So um, so that's sort of the journey around how I ended up in courses and it's connecting to the business side of it as well mm -hmm. and where I came from as far as body language. <laughs> so the horses <laughs> were just black out on the body language and the energy language really, you know, and where I put my arms and my feet and my high shoulders, hips, that's really important. So with the um, real estate sales, when I started in 94, I wrote all the books on body language and like with your feet. So if I come into to your office, you know, and, and my feet are not pointing towards you, <laughs> you look at where your toes are going and that's where you want to go. So if I'm selling a something, one's feet are pointing out the door, you know, they're sort of on an angle, I know that I haven't um, engaged them. So it's looking at their feet, their knees, their hips, their hands, their eyes, their head. Of course, everyone's read a lot of books and that sort of thing on body language. But it is very simple. Once you start playing with it, it's really fun. My daughter, I take her out of school when she was in primary school to help me with the horse workshops because she was an amazing horse worker already when she was in primary school. So I'd take her out all the time and she'd take the day off. She would go to school and use it on her teacher. <laughs> I love it. Primary school on her teacher. So you can imagine if we taught these kids what they saw uh -huh. already because they use it already. But if we gave them a little bit more information, you know, mm -hmm. what they could do with their lives even more. <laughs> that could be another little workshop. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So there's just mm -hmm. so much scope for it. But, um, but it is a lot of it is um, subconscious. So subconsciously, people all read body language. Uh, but consciously, they don't think it as much, you know. When you, well, when you think, if you, if you use the word think, for instance, think is actually a naturally negative word. So thinking is using your mind, your head, you know. Feeling is using your heart. So I, I really do try to engage words and body language to bring out positive results rather than negative results. Unless I want a negative result, then I'll use think and not feel. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> I ask you sort of thing, how do you feel about this product or whatever, um, you know, you're going to feel and it'll come out positive. But if I ask people, how do they, what do they think about that, you know, that brings out a negative because minds are naturally mm. negative. That's the way mm. they're set up. Yeah, Whereas, of course. So if you start using the feel, even in my emails, I put the word feel. I never use the word think unless I want a negative answer. Mm. So it's lots of that sort of thing in the words. and. Other, other leadership words would be things like uh, what I suggest. So what I suggest is like an amazing way. It's not may I suggest or I suggest. It's not an order. You're not asking. 
to what I suggest, and then you go blah blah blah. And so, like with the horse in the brown yard, you're actually getting that leadership, you know, and you're just gently, not a lot of pressure. So there shouldn't be any real pressure in what you're doing. It's just like constantly working with uh, everything throughout your presentation. Personalized. I emphasize that because it's not business. Yeah, because I believe I think you. Um, shared you've written is it 13 books yeah just 13 books a lot of them are just mostly sales uh one is one is though department for sassy sales girls so i've done a lot of that which is for um and i've had guys come to those courses as well so i show them how to hold their, their folder how to walk uh what to do when someone walks you know comes into the room how to meet and greet of course um and how to lead all that sort of so it's still common, but it also goes into health and balancing your body. So I'll do some a little bit of yoga stuff and look at how balanced and uh, grounded they are in their own body. Um, and so they can work in that if they're not that grounded or that balanced in their core. Um, so it, it goes through really a lot of things, personal, mm. even personal hygiene. But this all makes ourselves feel good. So how we feel is how other people feel. And so it comes down to that, but it does go into the body language and all that sort of well, yeah. and that, like body language, body talk, all these things yeah. are like everyday skills of life, really, isn't it? And if you know, if you've got like extra training or <clears throat> guidance on all these things, um, with the way the world is now and the massive change that's happening and everything, really, we all need extra skills, or not everybody, but extra skills to help us deal with all what's going on around us because there's so so much because everybody's been locked in gagged and god knows what else and um and like there's so many more people waking up now and it's like being yeah. there to help these people and it's like so any um basic life skills or um way of life that that you could share with people now, um, even body yes. awareness or watching, like if somebody's sort of listening this side or, you know, there's so yeah. many different ways, isn't there? Anything you'd like to share that? Absolutely. <laughs> I've always got something to say. So um, for me, if I, if I like working in the corporate world, like I always sort of try to keep active, but you've got to be a little bit selfish. And for me, getting in the bush, the beach, the, the, the mountains and the, and the sea, the ocean, actually give you a brain, say it does something to your brain where you actually get a natural high. So for mental health, for positivity, and to keep your energy up uh, is get into that bush, get into that beach, um, and get into nature barefoot. So walking barefoot is incredible. But look after yourself. Like I learned, like, be selfish with yourself. Do things that make you happy. You know, I have a jet ski. I do treks, jet skiing all around, 200k a day here and there, you know, and we do treks with my brother. I've done that for 20, 30 years since I was 20. <laughs> so it's like find what you love to do and learn new skills. So, you know, I want to e-bike, you know. It's like staying active is, is, I think, one of the biggest secrets of staying happy because it keeps you positive and energetic to deal with the things that happen in life. Um, so that would be my number one is just and get into nature um go camping <laughs> you know, um then be open and try different things because uh, life has so much to offer 
It really does have so much to offer. And there's so much opportunity out there. But the more you talk to people, the more in common you have and then the more opportunities open up. Yeah, <laughs> so definitely. Yeah. But thank you so much for having me on. I hope you enjoyed um, listening to my life. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's always interesting because everybody's on a journey. Everybody's yeah. got a story to share. <clears throat> Some are more vibrant than others. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think it helps people, you know, because there's lots of people going through cancer and different illnesses that, that might think, oh, maybe I'll try reflexology, you know, because not everybody in, in the healing field, are they? Like they're like right. skeptical, yeah. but, you know, there's like simple techniques that people could try, like even a hand massage. You know, if you get the hat, just Google yeah. hand charts and, yeah. and just sit there rubbing, you know, the central point or something. It's, it's all little things that can help people in their daily lives. And, and this is where I like to say I like to help people to be the best version of themselves, you know, through, yeah. through simple things, you know, not um, way, you know, like I'm not from the business world or anything like that. So I'm coming from a, a different place to you. So I like to do things very simple and easily. Um, yeah. ABC, that's me, you know, make it simple, don't complicate. <laughs> yes, Whereas that's like you're on the other end of the field, like, you know, some people come in and, you know, they, they learn, they grow, they teach, you know, but we're all here complimenting each other, helping each that's other. Right. Yes, um, yes. Um, so one last thing I'd like to say is um, try not to live in fear, live in love. So love life and it'll love you back. I've learned that. Um, but even when my daughter was growing up, we would practice walking up the mountain in the pitch black and not have fear of snakes or anything else. So it's like practice, no fear. Um, and that in itself gives you a lot more confidence in yourself. When you have confidence in yourself, you can support other people as well. Mm. So uh, live life with love, not fear. Because fear drives so many people to destruction. Um yeah, it's, which makes it really hard. Yes, but thank you so much. I've um, enjoyed talking to you. Oh. Yeah. Anything you want to add, Jeffrey? No, um, I think the fact that we caught up with um, Damon back in yes. November, and um, Damon was playing the didgeridoo and he was playing the jazz guitar yes. and a big sing song oh, from about four o'clock in the afternoon till sometime yeah. about two o'clock in the morning or sometime. Anyway, um, it's a big night. Anyway, yeah. um, well, he's he in there now. He's in the he's in there singing now, and um, there's a bit of a party going on in there. <laughs> that, I'm hearing the noise. I'm hearing. The, I can hear. No, the no, no. They're not here. But um, yeah, there he's jamming with my daughter and a few other people. Yeah, right. But it's his birthday today, so I'll say happy birthday for you. <laughs> sure. So um, it was through him that he um, mentioned about Janet, and then um, come New Year, I had five days off and went up to Yamundi and Viridale and caught up with friends and acquaintances. So um, here's her. Um, she's just gone off. <laughs> there you go. <coughs> She's running out of battery power. So um yeah, so 
ended up going a bit of a tiki tour and then we managed to get hold of Damon and Damon said, hey, come up here to McElroy. We're only about five minutes away. And um, what a, a change of events, just to be able to go into the property. And then there's all these, you know, the horses there. I mean, mm. we pulled up, <clears throat> we pulled up and um, we got out fence line on these two horses um one had its head over the fence and um my mate uh, jill she said ah i'll talk to this horse anyway so fair play and so this other little brumby thing came up and um put its head over the fence and i was holding it as you do and um next second the bigger horse that jill was working with left her and came down to me and she said what did you just do I said, I don't know, just talking to the horse. <laughs> That's how it works, isn't it? You know, they just like dolphins, isn't it? So many <laughs> horses and dolphins, they have that same connection, isn't it? So, um, yeah, so we drove up to where um, Damon was actually in the uh, corral and uh, he was working with this big Andalusian horse. So we, we just stood there and we just watched him work with this Andalusian horse, a beautiful big horse. And then, um, yeah, Janet turned up and um, little... Petite woman, <laughs> as you probably realize. Yeah, and then uh, she's in that ring there, and she's working with the big Andalusian, and then they brought the big red. Well, they've actually kept the big red and the Andalusian separate from each other from different paddocks. So it was really interesting, um, you know, like two ships passing in the night. It was a bit bloody um, hairy, scary, I'll tell you, at one stage there. But um, Damon took the Andalusian out, and then. Uh, we just watched Janet working with this big red, and um, you'll notice we took some video there. So uh, the first little short video took, um, you can see how the horse um, didn't come right around the, mm. the ring itself. When it came to where we uh, were standing, it sort of veered away from us, and we thought, realised that our energy had gone out into the ring itself, so we stepped back to allow um, you know Janet work with this particular horse. So um, so the second video is a lot longer, but it, you know, just watching that, you can see how they. Oh, I might just put it up, eh? Um, where are we? Yeah, see how its ears starts flicking up, and it? it's watching. You know, it's yeah. very attentive. Yeah, yeah very attentive beautiful. What's going on, isn't it? Yeah, and you watch its eyes and sort of look back to where we were, and then look back to where Janet is. It's, um, yeah, when you compared to the fact that when you're out in the city, you don't sort of see these things. You've got to just take time and study yeah. nature, don't you? Yeah. Mm, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I go for a walk every morning. I go through Springwood Conservation Park, and I find it amazing that the number of people have got um, headphones on all those earplugs. And on there, they listen to music, and and here I am. I'm listening to the bloody kookaburras going off, or the the crows are going off, or there's bloody uh, cockatiels and bloody parrots going. Occasionally, there's a bloody um, wallaby or kangaroo. So, it's, uh, and then you see the uh, the water dragons. I mm. just find it rather um, strange. Totally, I agree. Totally. Yeah. Mm. So to actually come out. And be on this property. I mean, we got invited there. It just happened to be one of Jeff Shaw's ticky tours, you know, where you just okay. you don't know where you're going to go and you end up going somewhere, you know? Yeah. I mean, look here, look at how Janet, how 
like she's really petite. But I mean, yeah, such a connection. All of that, boom. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, but we forgot to tell her was um, she does do um, seminars or workshops. You know, when you you come out to the property, and uh, let me bring that Facebook page up. Um, there you go. Um, your Monday Mountain Retreat. So, if you do happen to get on that site, and she does do a little workshop working with the horses, I would seriously thoroughly suggest um, put your hand up and participate. Mm. Yeah. Lovely. I wouldn't mind that myself. Yeah, well, there you go. You'll have to move back to Australia. <laughs> Mm. Um, I haven't got over the trip of coming back here yet, and it's only just been two years. <laughs> two years is that long, is it? Yeah, yeah. Amazing, eh? Time flies. Well, it's been raining, raining, and raining. What more can we say? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't yeah. miss the mozzie season, that's for sure. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. You were fresh, <laughs> fresh meat, weren't you? When oh, it... God. Uh, right, so um, it's nice of her. Um, obviously, um, she did extremely well considering um, Power had been out there with the storm going through your Monday. So, you know, fair, fair play to her uh, having a go. Let's just um, see what we've got. There's a comment that's come through. There we go. Mark. All right. So Mark would be uh, 8 o'clock, 19, 11 o'clock for him in New Zealand. Very good. Thank you, Mark. Um, okay, so uh, next um, next Thursday, you've got an English guy coming on, haven't you? Yeah, from very close to Glastonbury Wells in Somerset is um, Toby Negus. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm just waiting for him to send me his photo and, and his bio, and then I'll put that up. Um, so he's... He's, he's, I think he's a wordsmith um, and poet. I'm not quite sure. I haven't read all the info yet. I'm just waiting for him to send it through. So yeah, He's the one that's written the book, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've, something, the heart. I'm not sure what it's called offhand, but it's all mm -hmm. about the heart, I think. So I'm going to have a look at that later. So. All right. Okay. Right. And how's the weather in your part of the world? Lovely. It's beautiful. It's uh, been ever so mild. We haven't had a winter as such, so... Um, yeah, it's really very nice at the moment, fingers crossed. But yeah, spring's in the air. We're in sort of 2nd of February. No, oh no, the 3rd now, aren't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's my anniversary today. Of what? Coming to Australia. Oh, is it? Go on. Mm. <laughs> wow. So how many years ago is that now then? 44. Mm. Mm, who would have thought? Yeah, indeed. Mm. Fantastic place, isn't it, Australia? Wow. No question about it. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it should be on everybody's to-do list. Well, they say east is east, west is west. Home is always the best, so it's in case of wherever you make home, isn't it? So. Mm. Mm. I can remember your mum saying something about that, that um, about a girl would always go back to her roots. Yep. So there you go. I'm back in mine. <laughs> there you go. Mm -hmm. 
that's what my uncle told me. He said, if you ever want to, if you don't want to come back to New Zealand, don't go out with a Kiwi girl. <laughs> yep. Smart move. There you go. Um, okay, well, thank you, and thank you for uh, holding right. the fort there. I mean, the frogs obviously like to come out when it's raining, so. Because <laughs> it's bloody amazing, isn't it? Yeah. All right. All thank right. you, Lex. Yeah. All right. Nice to see you. Talk to you again. Yeah. All right. Ciao. Bye, everybody.